Today with Catherine Ruinala. He, he's, he still, to this day, after walking with him for so many years, shocks me with his tenderness and his kindness. He's not the way we might expect people to behave. He is kindness personified. He is love personified. I, I, um, I, I was walking and talking with the Lord um, last week. I, I was just talking with about a whole lot of different things. You know, the Bible tells us in Philippians 4 to not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And so I do. I pray about all the things. And, and I, I have a pile so often in my heart or in my mind of things that are on my mind. You do too, if you'd be honest. And it needs to be unpacked. And I unpack it, and I was just doing my unpacking, talking with the Lord about this and this and this and this. And I felt him interrupt me. And he just said, I really like that you're doing that. And he was talking about going to, I think he was talking about going to Emerald when I went last week. I really like that you're doing that. I'm like, oh, you're so lovely, God. You're so, he's just so lovely. He's so kind. And, and he speaks as one that hasn't got any cynicism in his heart. He, he, you know, he doesn't have like, yeah, yeah, well, we know all about it. Just, it's just innocent and delighted. Because when he looks at us, having given him our sin, having come to him and, and repented and said, oh, God, here's my mess, here's my sin, here's my, I, I thank you, Lord, for forgiveness. He doesn't even remember it anymore. He doesn't even recall it. He doesn't, he doesn't look at you in the future and go, yeah, well, yeah, I know about you, but anyway, I have to be loving because I'm God. <laughs> he just is full of faith and wonder. Not just us, that's who he is. It's it, God. As we get older, I don't know about you, but I can, I can get a little cynical sometimes about people, and you know, people let you down enough times, you can get a little, oh yeah, well, we'll see. But he's never like that with us. Though we've let him down so many times, he remains faithful. Anybody else got this testimony? Ah, our wonderful Jesus. So Father, we love you. We give you all the worship and all the glory. You know, I want to say thank you to those of you who've come and who've traveled and who've been fasting and praying for a miracle tonight. Give me a wave if you've been fasting and praying intentionally today. Hallelujah. Well, you must be hungry. <laughs> Literally. Praise the Lord. I am. Hallelujah. But I tell you, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. And there's something about focused faith. You know, it's, it's not that we fast and pray to get God to do something. It's simply an opportunity for us when the hunger pangs hit to remind ourselves, oh, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I'm coming with a very specified intention. I'm going to get healed. I'm, and, and by focusing our faith, for me, that's all fasting does. Is it, it, is it, it's such a key. It does lots of things, but it helps me focus my faith like, ah. Oh, 
there's a reason I'm doing this. And I thank you, Lord God. I'm focusing my faith that you are the healer. And I get so excited to hear the testimonies of the miracles that God does. Just being so, so encouraged to hear the testimonies of those that have been healed. Give me a wave. If you have ever experienced a miracle in your body, give me... Look around here. Just keep them up for a minute. Look at that. That's just incredible. God, nothing is impossible for those who believe. Uh, It was so wonderful. Uh, Last month when we held our um, miracle meeting, so many people were touched and healed and delivered. It was just glorious to watch. Um, We shared a testimony um, of Kay who came, she and, she and Charlie had, had fasted lunch and dinner and they came along and she'd lost her hearing when she was just three from measles and had had multiple operations over her life. They'd tried a few times to do a skin graft to, to rebuild their eardrum, but it, it didn't work. And then over the years, just repeated infections meant Uh, Bit by bit, she had to have all the hearing bones completely removed. And so physically, absolutely impossible for her to hear without an eardrum or hearing bones. But she decided, right, we're going to fast and pray, Charlie. I'm going to get healed. And I tell you, before, before I could even get my hands on her, the Holy Spirit had touched her, delivered her, opened her ear, and she's so excited. She's telling everyone now about how she can hear in her ear that had no hearing bones at all, and the Holy Spirit has touched her. And in the name of Jesus, she's been fully restored. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've seen God do that before. Um, I have a photograph of a lady in Wellington, New South Wales. Anyone ever been to the little town of Wellington, New South Wales? I know you have, Alec. Oh, I have a few of you. Hello. Um, I've got the photograph of of the scars behind her ear where she'd had the mastoid bone and all the hearing bones removed for the same reason, repeated infections. And God opened her deaf ear. Hallelujah. You know, it's so good to talk about the things that he does because when we talk about the miracle power of Jesus, the word spreads that God is alive, that he is real, that he loves people. Hallelujah. And so we should never uh, keep to ourselves what God has done. It's so important that we give the glory that He is due, hallelujah, and talk about the miracles that He does. So we love to hear your testimonies. Please make sure that if God has done something in your body that you uh, write to us or come and tell one of the leaders. We want to hear your testimony because it's so encouraging. I go, I go places sometimes and I'll visit and having not been there for a couple of years and people will come up to me and say, oh, last time you were here, I got healed of liver cancer or, or this happened or, or I got healed of HIV. And I'll think, that's so great. I could have heard about this years ago. <laughs> and they forget that... Um, the, the value that it is when we talk about the miracle power of Jesus, because when we talk about those things, it gives hope to other people. I, I remember when I first started ministering, I, I was reading all about all the miracles I could get 
hold of. I'd listen to testimonies. I'd watch video testimonies. I'd read about testimonies of people who'd been healed. And, it, you know, as I'd, as I'd watch them, faith would rise in my heart to see it happen again. Hallelujah. And when you share your testimony, when we talk about what Jesus has done, it releases faith for other people to go, yeah, I'll take that. I can have that. If God can do that for them, he can do it for me. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's just pray. Father, thank you for tonight. Lord, you're so faithful. You are so worthy. We come to give you all the glory and all the praise. Lord, I thank you tonight that it's not by might, not by power, but by your Spirit. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that you delight to touch. You delight to heal. In the name of the living Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, we come to give you worship in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. I want to share with you just a little a testimony that I was reading this week. I've been reading um, T.L. Osborne's book, uh, Heal the Sick. I encourage you, feed on the faithfulness of God. Feed on things that are going to build your faith. Uh, the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Reading the Scriptures. Studying out the healing Scriptures. You know, and uh, you look it up. Just go look up all the healing Scriptures. You'll discover there's more Scriptures about healing that you could have imagined. There's more um, scriptures about healing than there is actually about salvation in the New Testament. So go through and have a look at it. The heart of God is for us to recognize the will of God to heal. But I was reading this, um, this testimony and I want to read it to you because it blessed me. It says, a lady in the state of New York had been in bed with tuberculosis for several months was musing on the scriptures one afternoon. She was a wonderful Christian, but she'd never heard the truth about divine healing. As she lay in bed meditating on the second chapter of 1 Peter, she came to verse 24. Who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree. As she read this, she wept for gratitude for the salvation that Jesus had provided for her. She rejoiced because he had borne her sins and because of the wonderful experience of salvation that she'd enjoyed. She knew that when her tuberculosis had run its course, she would be ready to die. While rejoicing over this great mercy of forgiveness, she decided to read further. By whose stripes you were healed. She looked back at the first part of that verse and noticed that Jesus had borne her sins. He'd already done it. It was in the past. It was over and so she was saved. Who has received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour? Hooray! Praise the Lord. She knew it. It was real to her. No one could make her doubt it. But what about these other words in the same verse? By whose stripes you were healed. Could it be true? Did it mean what it said? Yes, she thought it must be true. It's the word of God. Mother, she called in a voice weakened by the ravages of tuberculosis. Did you know that God said in his word that I was healed? Her mother replied, why dear, what do you mean? Look here, the daughter said with tears of joy flowing down her cheeks. Listen to this. The Bible says, by whose stripes you were healed. 
That must mean me. It's wonderful. I never saw that before. Just look at it. By whose stripes you were healed. Mother, it's already been done. I'm healed. Get my clothes. Bring them over here. I'm healed. Oh, this is wonderful. And the mother did everything she could to try and calm her daughter and keep her in bed. She avoided bringing her clothes to her. But the daughter asked, haven't you taught us to believe the Word of God? Haven't you brought us up to believe every word of the Bible? The mother couldn't control her daughter's joy. The former tuberculosis patient arose by herself, put on her clothes, left her bedroom, shouted through the house and was completely healed. Praise the Lord. In less than three weeks, she was normal in weight and was completely restored. What had happened? She'd come to treat the Word of God as a direct revelation of what he was eager to do for her. When she saw that he had said in his word and believed it, it produced faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. God's healing power went through her body and she was delivered. Hallelujah. Faithful, faithful God. I was so encouraged as I read this today. I mean, the other day. Because it's so simple. The glorious good news of the gospel is that Jesus Christ, the only Son of the living God, God Himself came and became a man. He lived a sinless life. And then He took our punishment. He took, He Himself bore in His own body our sin, our sickness, our shame. He bore it all in his own body. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in, in Christ. And, the, and then he died and rose again and then freely gives this glorious gift of salvation. And the scriptures tell us in Isaiah what that salvation is. He was wounded for our transgressions. That's our sin. He was punished so we didn't have to be. The wages of sin is death. It's everlasting death. There is a heaven and there is a hell and God doesn't want anyone to have to go there. But without salvation, there is justice and the wages of sin is death. So he knew we could never pay for our sin. So he paid for us and he offers freely forgiveness, salvation from eternal death. Wow. Wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. And iniquities in the Hebrew means crookedness. Everything about us that we, we don't like. Everything about us that was crooked and not holy and pure. He, he took it in his body so that we could be made straight. We could be made righteous. We could have a new heart. Not only would we be forgiven, we'd become new creations in Christ. We wouldn't, no, we'd no longer be sinners. We would become saints by the grace of God, not by earning it or doing a great feat, but by simply receiving his gift of grace by faith. He would not only forgive us our sin and take away the penalty for our sin by, by paying it for us. He gave us a new heart. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him so we would no longer have to be fearful or anxious. And by his stripes, we are healed. And this passage she was looking at 
in, in the book of First um, Peter is, uh, quotes that scripture, but says it like this, we were healed because it was a done thing. Isaiah was quoting it before Jesus actually came. By his stripes we are healed. And Peter, talking about it post-resurrection, says we were healed. It's a, it's a done deal. It's a fourfold atonement. Forgiveness for sin. New creation in Christ. Freedom from fear. And complete wholeness and healing. This is the gift that God comes to give us. It's the gift of his sacrifice. It's a beautiful atonement. I want to read a scripture to you, if we could. Romans chapter 4, starting in verse 19. It's speaking about Abraham. I love that um, little story about the woman who had tuberculosis because she did something when she got the revelation. If you read in Hebrews 11 about the, the heroes of the faith, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Jacob, by faith, Samson, they all, by faith, did something. By faith, they did something. And she did something. She went, right, that's it. It's a done deal. Woohoo! Okay, get my clothes. Praise the Lord. Let's read this scripture. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. He didn't waver. He didn't waver in faith. He, he just took it. He didn't consider the deadness of his own body. He didn't look at his symptoms. He didn't look at, him, at, at the fact, well, Sarah not only is so far past menopause, even before she was not able to have children, he didn't consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't consider the fact that he also was 100 years old. He didn't go around going, well, yeah, that's ridiculous. It's too hard. I can't see how that could happen. Well, if that happens, that'll be good. Sometimes we adopt that attitude. Well, that'd be nice. Yeah, I know God can do it. It's possible. But that was not the sort of faith Abraham had. It wasn't a, well, if I, yeah, it can happen. God can do anything. So, yeah, it can happen. It was, you will do it. You said it. I have your word. I have your promise. So this is going to happen. Hallelujah. And that is very different to believing that, that he can, that it's possible. It's a faith that is tenacious that says, God said it. That's it. So he started calling himself, I'm the father of many nations. God, who calls those things that be not as though they are, Abraham began to do what God, God did. And that just began to believe it, take it by faith. Now, we can trust people. A lot of us, I mean, you don't trust everybody, but, you know, you'd be surprised how many people you actually do trust. I think about it. I think, well, I'm coming to this meeting tonight. I, I have faith that Pastor Aaron's going to make sure that there's some people to do worship. I, don't, I wasn't last night wringing my hands going, oh, I hope they turn up. I hope we get that. No, because he, I have his promise. Yeah, I said I'll do that, so I'll do that. 
So I'm not ringing him up all week going, Aaron, remember how you promised? Like, are, are you sure you're going to be there? Uh, it's just easy to trust him. You probably have other things, people that you trust. I, I get um, a newspaper delivered to my house every day. And I've paid for it. And I don't think about it the night before going, oh, I hope they bring it. I hope it comes. Is it there? Oh, I don't know. Is it going to come? No, I just, it's just trust. It's, it's not a big, hard thing to have faith. Yet God, who cannot lie, has given us his word about healing. He has promised us. We can trust people who can let you down. And yet he tells us, I want you to trust me who will not let you down. Hallelujah. First John chapter 5 verse 14 says this. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we've asked of him. Praise the Lord. I think of Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus. He says, he's talking to the Lord. I, know, I thank you that you've heard me. Before Lazarus has raised from the dead, he's already thanking God that he's heard his prayer. It wasn't like, oh, God, you'd better show up. Everybody's watching. This is really a big pressure situation. Come on, God, you better do it. No, he just had this confidence. You're my father. You, this is what you told me to do. So thank you. You're going to do this. Thank you, Lord. But for their sake, I, I'm speaking to you out loud just so that they know it's all coming from you. And God wants to bring us a holy confidence like that. That isn't, I'm trying to have faith. I'm trying to have faith. It's just, you don't have to try to have faith in the one who can't lie. Because he is faithful. Unless you start trying to consider your situation or your symptoms or your circumstances. Because those things can make you feel like, oh, this is a bit scary. Is it real? I don't know if it could or it might. Abraham could have done that, but he chose to put his eyes and his faith on the one who cannot lie. Amen? I often say it, um, a quote from F.F. F. Bosworth, that faith begins where the will of God is known. That's why it's really good to study the scripture and recognize that Jesus Christ healed all who came to him. Everyone, just everyone. He never once, never once refused to heal someone who came asking for healing. And he's the same yesterday, today and forever. In the Old Testament, uh, when all the people were being bitten by poisonous snakes, um, Joshua was told to lift up a, a, a serpent, a bronze serpent on a pole and told the people, God said, everyone who looked to this will be healed. Now, that's a really strange thing, but they weren't worshipping a serpent or anything like that. It was a picture of Christ who would be, in, in the years to come, would be the one lifted up on a pole who would become sin like the sickness that was attacking them, like the serpents. He would become sin and everyone that looks to him will be healed. 
Now, if everyone in those days who looked to the serpent on a pole was healed, how much more the, the one that is not the type, but the actual one that it was pointing to, those who look to Jesus can trust that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Let's read First Peter chapter 2, 24, that, that this young woman read. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Hallelujah. I had a dream this week, and um, the Lord was just talking to me and instructing me in my dream. And as I woke up in the morning, I was hearing the Lord talking to me and saying, don't pray for the sick, command them. I was like, oh, that's, that's good, God. I've read that. I've heard about that, but now I've heard it from you. Like, okay, let's do that. And this, the scripture tells us in Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, heal the sick. He doesn't say pray for the sick. He says heal the sick. That's not meaning we have any power. If I had power to do it, you know, that would be different. But I don't have power, but he has given us himself. It's no longer we who live, but Christ himself who lives in us. And then he says, as Carsten read out tonight, when you go into a city, heal the sick. 